Okay, so, I mean, I can talk about it more when we get to the parts, but um, I was correct when I was saying that most of this movie is very accurate. It's just when we get to that Elizabeth part that it really derails. So when we get to that point, I'll talk about the differences. Because I, I don't know, like, I was like, maybe I'm not remembering this right, but yeah, this Wikipedia says that this is what happens in the plot. <laughs> I just That's did so not funny. realize I was reading the movie plot. But um, That's so fucking funny. they actually left out a, a major plot part, and then they just, like, very, very much changed the Elizabeth stuff. But other than that, like, most of this movie is, like, almost exactly on the point. What did they leave out? We'll talk about it, but um, the monster actually kills Clerval, and um, Frankenstein oh. gets uh, blamed for it. I don't remember that part. I always it's forget about it. It's been a couple years it. since I read the book. Yeah, me too. The only part I really remember was, um, and I, I think they did, it'll talk about it, but they did a good job with the family. Yeah. I The last time I read it was like, I think in 2020 I reread it. Um, I was probably going to do it, I was probably going to read it again this year, because I do pretty frequently, but... Um, it, it won't be till later in the year. I got too much shit lined up. Oh, Bill, refill Mr. Franklin's glass, will you? Now, when you get up there tonight, don't drink too much. Oh, don't worry, I won't. How about a whiskey and soda? Uh, less soda than usual, thanks. And this is wine. To drink. Just a sip might improve your humor. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. No, I've had a couple. Come on, I'm not drunk. And an excellent vintage it is, too. But if you're implying that I'm tipsy, sir... Welcome to Tipsy Terror. This is a podcast about horror movies and drinking, if you want to. Um, uh, my name's Harish. I'm Sam. And I'm Molly. And, and I think we watched one of the most insane movies ever <laughs> created. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're continuing Frankensteinuary month no what were we gonna say and for the uh what did you say molly something i made that? a note i put this in the google doc i think okay. maybe not i'm gonna look it up real quick March. stand by it wasn't it's a live joke yeah but i cannot remember the pun you made march the yeah. live march is alive know. or something it's march live <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, Who we're cares? Back. We're yeah. cont- it's it's still the same Frankenstein <laughs> month. Yeah. Um so we're watching Mary Shelley's Frankenstein today. And oh, none of us have seen it before. We? It was our first uh first watch for all three of us. And did I or did I not start this film and said Kenneth Branagh cannot be trusted? And what <laughs> yeah. did we watch? <laughs> the most insane film I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, it's the same with like, um, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, where so, like you like I, have some I fun went history, in, but continue. I went in like expecting that movie, like not to love it. But, um, you know, I, you, you think of it as like the nineties, like book accurate adaptation. Same with this one. Like, yeah, I, I didn't expect to really like it. I thought it would be like kind of boring. Um, well, so this was originally slated to be directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Um, it was to be a sequel kind of in a series and, Um, he eventually, he stepped down as director. He, I think he's still a producer on this. Um, but they decided that Kenneth Branagh would direct it. 
And apparently there were, so, they butt heads, Francis Ford Coppola and Kenneth Branagh about this movie quite a bit. Wow. Like they got into a lot of disagreements and, um, cause Branagh kept making choices that Francis Ford Coppola was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Obviously as seen here. And, um, he also wanted like the first 30 minutes of the film to get just completely cut. He didn't think it was necessary, which I will argue in Branagh's favor on that. I am quite glad that he did like a full book accurate telling, which you would think, coppola would want because he did that with dracula but anyways Mm -hmm. so coppola publicly detested this film upon its release like he went out and talked shit about it like this film sucks i don't trust it that's funny but yeah so that's why there's so many similarities and feel and stuff like that is because it is the sequel yeah um let's start with this letterbox segment before we get too into it oh yeah oh no there was some there were some all right ones Okay. Um, right off the bat, every line is shouted. Every shot, the camera is spinning in circles around the actors. Ken, dude, you gotta chill out. <laughs> um, <laughs> two and a half. Yeah, that feels right. Two and a half. Nice job, guys. Two and a wow. half. You mean to tell me Robert De Niro isn't hot? Nice try, love, but I have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Four. Three and a half. Three and a half. Nice job, Sam. Wow. My favorite part is when Robert De Niro yells Frankenstein <laughs> at the camera. <laughs> um, three and a half. <laughs> um, three. Three stars. Nice job. Yeah. A gut-wrenching documentary about body dysmorphia and loneliness before Instagram filters became a thing. <laughs> um, three. Three and a half. Three stars. Nice job, Harish. Nice. You take one. <laughs> Incredibly bold characterization choice on De Niro's part to make the creature a proud Italian. But overall, <laughs> I think the decision pays off. <laughs> um, Four and a half. Three and a half. Two and a half. Ooh. I did think he sounded a bit like he was from Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, he did sound like that, yeah. <laughs> That whole minute of shirtless Kenneth Branagh and Robert De Niro's naked body <laughs> yes. sliding and slipping on the ground and trying to get up with no music nor sound playing <laughs> except that of their wet bodies. <laughs> wow. That's one of the reviews? Yes! Five stars. <laughs> Four and a half. So this one didn't have a star rating? Uh, <laughs> I just Someone I can it assume funny. it was five stars. <laughs> If you gotta tell me to name the highlight of the film, it's that. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is in a constant state of almost becoming a musical. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, that's a good review. Oh my god. Uh, Maybe that's why I like it. Uh, Because it's like all the fun of the musical, but without like, because you know, half the the time musicals have annoyingly stupid songs. Um, Three and a half. Three and a half. One and a half. Boo. She wants the grapes. Um, I hope one day I learn to love someone as much as Kenneth Branagh loves Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, oh, uh, two. Two and a half. Three and a half. The only real monster in this is Kenneth Branagh and his ego. <laughs> uh, one and a half. Two. Three stars. Ooh. 
Something very funny about Kenneth Branagh playing Victor Frankenstein, one of literature's greatest dweebs, as a tragic romantic hero running around with glistening abs. <laughs> Three. Three and a half. One and a half. Damn. And I said this, and I agree with it. Um, the best thing about this movie is how hilariously intrusive the soundtrack is. <laughs> uh, Three. Two and a half. Two stars. And it's true. Actually, it's not Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. It's Kenneth, it's Kenneth Branagh's monster. <laughs> uh, one and, one a and a half. Two and a half. Oh, my God. This is when it starts to kind of fall off. Hey, I'm Frankenstein. I'm walking over here. Gabagool. Uh, one star. Two. One and a half. It was very difficult to eat my dinner while watching the horrible sex scene. <laughs> Um, one and a half. Uh, two. Nice job, Sam. One and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, Frankenstein monster schlong. His cock and balls, if you will. Um, <laughs> uh, two. One. Four. Wow. What? You do see it. Kenneth Branagh gives off such slutty vibes, just as a guy, but also in his movies, and I'm forever here for it. Uh, four. four. Nice job. Good job, wow. Eddie. Four. All these great special effects in Kenneth Branagh had split, uh, spray on abs. <laughs> uh, three. Three. Half a star. Damn. All right. I got one more. Um, you're laughing. I'm a malformed homunculus living in your walls, forming a codependent relationship with your family, and you're laughing. <laughs> um, two and a half. One and a half. Sam, excellent work. It's two and a half. Yeah, I won that one. There was one more review I saw that I just thought I had to say, because I think I might reach out to this person. Holds a special place in my heart. As for my 12th birthday, I had a sleepover, and my mom said I could rent two rated 15 horror films. So I picked this and Killer Cons from Outer Space. Oh my god. <laughs> wow. What a man. All right, well, that's it. Great job, everyone. Great job, me. I won. Wow. Good job, Samantha. Um. Okay, yeah, so Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So, is this pretty accurate to the book? Yeah, except for mostly the end, but up until that, yeah. Um, It's also pretty accurate to the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein <laughs> <laughs> movie synopsis on Wikipedia, <laughs> I have to say. Yes. Yeah. Well, I almost okay. clarified that, I, want, I will clarify that halfway through the film, I got curious and went on to that Wikipedia page to look at something else and yeah. i did not realize that i had switched pages and that's how i ended up getting confused at the end thinking i was looking right. at the synopsis so but for the most movie, of the film i was looking at the right okay. one and also Thru just based on my memory throughout the movie samantha was looking at the wikipedia page and verifying to us that it was accurate to the book and then i think like 
two minutes before the end, Samantha's like, oh, I've been looking at the Mary Shelley's <laughs> Frankenstein movie Wikipedia page. But I, I would like to so clarify. So it's good to know that the, the movie is accurate to the Wikipedia summary for the movie. But Good to know. That's important. <laughs> besides, like, minor changes, a lot of the movie is right. Like, because right. it's stuff that I didn't even have to look at to remember that it was right. Yeah. Which, okay, so that is interesting because, like, when we talked about the curse of the Frankenstein, um, there was Justine, the maid who yep. was having an affair with Victor. And in this, like she's in love with him, but like they don't have an affair because mm-hmm. Victor's a good boy. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of like stuff in that, that I didn't r- realize were like taken from this. Cause like Krempy also is the, the mean guy, the mean instructor at his. Pr- oh, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that's Krempy, who's his tutor in the other one. I did not uh, catch. And also name. the mom dying. Like, I thought that was where the um, where the story was gonna go without yeah. realizing that that is actually where the original story goes. Yeah. Is that I like no idea. his mom dies and now he doesn't want people to die? Yeah, yeah. And that's what makes him obsessed. But yeah, that's that's cool. That it's cool, like knowing in retrospect, like how. Um, those kinds of things like in the book were converted yeah. into that movie. <laughs> um, yeah. It's fun to see like that they, cause even in the original, like the 1931, 31 one, um, you know how his name is like Henry and not Victor. Yeah. They just yeah. switched the best friends. Right. Names, you know, right. Like they, so they took the Victor existing was stuff. Too creepy. A name. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just fun to see how they, yeah. Adapted the source material. Right. Or just like, you know, made it work. But this one is like, he stayed pretty faithful. And then like, as I mentioned, he had to fight for it. Like mm-hmm. they didn't want it to stay faithful. Um, cause like, I feel like, I wouldn't doubt that a lot of the audience when this initially came out saw this movie and was like, why did they add in so much like shit to build up to that? Like, this is so not accurate. Cause like, I feel like, you know, not everyone in the world's read Frankenstein. So, but they, a lot of people probably had seen the movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it starts out with like, um, a little like screen talking about, uh it's like the dawn of the 19th century and yeah people are trying to get to the north everyone's obsessed with exploring and like discovery blah 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 and one of these guys is this captain go ahead this is the first adaptation i've seen that has this which is in the book yeah kind of um but i always when i was reading the book i had no idea that it was set up kind of like a story within a story within a story it goes yeah um, that really, and so I, I like that they kind of tried to almost like reflect on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and also like the it's the whole thing is like the captain seeing himself through um, whatever through Victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, the captain's the one telling the story because it's the captain telling the story of Victor telling the story of the monster telling the story but in this one they kind of skip over the initial monster telling the story part they just kind of bring them together as yeah two. but that's fine yeah. because that kind of probably wouldn't have been as you know time right. efficient way to mm-hmm. do it so um 
Yeah, so it's a captain who's like exploring. He's like trying to get to the North Pole. He's so intense about it. Yeah, and the crew is like, dude, we're like us. overworked. And also, like, they hit an iceberg and they're stuck. And they're like, so the captain, I, I guess they're the he makes them try try to like dig out the ship, but they can't. So they're just gonna wait and then keep going to the North Pole. And like they're might be considering a mutiny because they're mad at him whatever Mm -hmm. and then there's like a a groan or someone shuffles up across the ice (laughs) across the arctic ocean ice someone just shuffles up from the horizon and they're like whoa who's that and it's freaking kenneth branagh oh fuck yeah (laughs) he takes off his hood and he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Big reveal. Oh my god. Oh my god. What were you gonna say? I don't remember. I'm immediately like flashing back to Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. He went out to the wig store and he looked for the most like romance novel hairdo he could find, and he was like, "That's the one." Yeah. And what do we say? Thank, Thank you, Branagh. <laughs> yeah so he comes up tells him uh there's a monster out here um (laughs) you guys should go back and then um like the dogs start barking and they hear like the a groan in the distance um and the dogs run like and then he murders the dogs yeah the the monster does the monster murders the dogs actually a prequel to the thing (laughs) yeah Which I will say in the, the North Pole, not the South Pole. The details of the ship stuff are pretty. There were liberties taken on both ends of the movie, yeah. the, the beginning and the end. There are some like vast differences, but for the most part, the setup's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, like they're scared. Frankenstein get gets on the boat, um, and he's talking to the captain. Uh, captain's like, "Yeah, we're freaking exploring. We're going to the North Pole," and he's, uh, Victor's like, "Oh." You, uh, I wrote down what exactly line he says. It's like very on the nose. He's like, you share my madness. <laughs> um, uh, and so he's like, you know what? I think you would, you could learn from my story. And They've then got time to kill, so. it's a flashback. And we flash back to Victor being a kid and meeting his sister. Yeah. God. His sister. They they clarify as bringing her in they're like yep she's your sister now we are going to raise her as your sister we are adopting her which so you can do the whole like cousin incest thing like in your adaptation Mm -hmm. sure whatever it's like gross but it was like in the book but then I feel like they got like way too into it 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 did yeah they did definitely like they did not shy away from the incest aspect. They and didn't rewrite it or anything. They like no, and they they kind of highlighted it. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> they do. They, there was a little bit so of a fetish there. Because like at the beginning they say like oh we're adopting her she's your sister like she'll be a wonderful yeah. person for you to marry but you can think like oh but they were raised to like not you know they're they're raised as love interests not to like think of each other in that way and then later in the movie they just can't stop bringing it up in like a romantic scene it's so creepy it's very uh, very twilight vibes um anyway so that's our introduction to elizabeth um we cut to they're much older they're dancing now 
um the mom like talks to victor about how he's so very studious blah blah blah, boring and then there's a scene where the mom's dancing and she is pregnant at this time and she like starts to like faint or like get sick and remember this was like the daintiest little scene you've ever seen yeah. it's so lighthearted, and it, then she yeah, gets sick she's and dancing out. and then she like um yeah walks off and then passes out and then cut to she's covered in blood, <laughs> blood. surrounded by and victor's dad is doing surgery on her they're trying to deliver the baby and like i mean he's just got i don't know what happened here but blood <laughs> has spewed everywhere and then he's like we have to cut the ba- or the mom says like cut the baby out like like kill me spare the baby cut the baby out and so yeah. it shows the dad just like pick up the scalpel and just yeah. goes right in and she's like in a vat she's like yeah it's not, it's not great to it's, watch yeah it looks like uh yeah very raw very traumatic <laughs> very traumatic cut <laughs> like everyone's like- screaming and so it cuts and we hear like a lot of screaming and it's looking at i think victor and elizabeth and elizabeth's trying yeah, to like calm worried. him down and be like everything's gonna be okay and then the dad comes out covered in blood yep. and he's like i killed her <laughs> yeah so she's and dead they both call her mom as they run up to like yeah see the body yep. and throughout the film she calls the dad father like the whole time doesn't call him anything else but father yeah fucked up fucked up if true so they grow up we get some scenes of them hanging out in the lab and liz's tease uh elizabeth is teasing um victor and then there's a scene where all four of them so the baby was born it's their younger brother william William. um and justine is kind of their maid slash william's nanny kind of uh in the book justine's williams nanny and i think in this she does take care of them i don't know the detail but like the mom also works for the family justine's mom right so like that's why she kind of comes yeah um so they go out one day to fly a kite but and like they point out oh victor you've left your studies just for us just to have fun with us and then a rain cloud shows up a single cloud with (laughs) uh like electricity in it yeah and victor's like haha i knew this was gonna happen because i'm a genius everyone get down we're gonna do something fun and then like there's like a pole that gets elect electrocuted and somehow he grounds them in a way to where they all could like absorb the electricity electricity. and it's just like pulsing through them yeah (laughs) yeah they like shock each other and they're having fun um but yeah so he's very smart very smart boy literal genius um so then we see they're having a dance because victor is leaving to go off to university um and victor and his sister elizabeth go off to the side to talk and this is where they get really (laughs) incesty victor's like oh no how do brothers and sisters say goodbye or something like that like very weird like why bring it up (laughs) yeah you think that you'd want to ignore that aspect and then she i don't know i don't remember what she says but they like start kissing and she's like i'm your sister your friend (laughs) your lover it's so (laughs) like they say sister specifically so much while they're making out right I don't know about all of that. Like, that shit ain't right. No, no. There was I'm no reason. It. No reason to write that in. 
<laughs> but anyways, so he tells her like, tell me now I'll stay here and I will marry you. Like, I don't have to go off. And then she's like, no, go. I have to do some work around here to make this house like a home for us. Like you need to go do your thing so that you can be rich. And so she tells him like, as soon as he gets done with that, they'll be married and, you know, have their amazing wedding night. Yeah. And boy, does he deliver on that amazing <laughs> wedding night later in the film. Jesus. Um. Yep. <laughs> so he goes off to Ingolstadt, which is in Germany. I looked it up. Um. And uh, he's from Geneva. All the places are correct. These yeah. are the real ones. And he, uh, he goes to college and he's like, he has this huge apartment and he's Huge. like, we're going to have some like experiment equipment here. Um, and then he goes to class, his lecture. With the best lecture halls, the yeah. vertical ones. We should know. We should talk about the sets in this are really good. Yeah. Um, They're super fun. There's in the mansion, there's the big staircase. That's really fun. With like the wallpaper almost looks like very cheap and reminds me of um like old films from the 50s like yeah. the staircases you would see like in those musicals but also i would believe that like they would paper with some sort of pattern like that to right. get like an, an effect but again that could just be like silly set dressing yeah looks great and also this lecture hall is like your um <laughs> your typical 17 17 <laughs> what 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 year was it was, no because like it flashed when we went to college it was 1790 oh, something maybe i don't know but it's like the vertical column of like stairs essentially and all yeah. the students like peer down and the professors in the bottom i guess that was for acoustic purposes yeah yeah probably i don't know but professors lecturing and then like uh i don't know victor gets into an argument with him about how like he brings up um, like day one Parce paracelsus albertus Ma magnus and cornelius agrippa and he talks about how like i guess those guys are like um either alchemists or like occultists um and he's interested in that stud kind of study and like combining how, it like, with real science gonna happen yeah and mm. the professor is like no we're only studying real science because this is a freaking college <laughs> we're he, like, accredited accuses him of being an occultist and stuff he's like you're ridiculous yeah like keep talking like that i'm gonna get your ass thrown out of here so after That's class a normal class at the ohio state university <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so, so after class uh victor meets uh, a guy named henry henry clairville um and there's this weird bully guy schiller who walks past i thought that guy was gonna be in it more but not at all nope it was at this point i think i said um this movie is every genre yeah because we've had like horror and drama and romance and yep. coming of age <laughs> yeah right <laughs> high school science. high school bully and ship movie like boat movie yeah it's just been like every single trope and i i don't know it has yeah it's definitely uh and it doesn't end here it just keeps rotating yep so yeah and then we hear about professor waldman who um is played by john cleese with like a long wig and strange um, teeth <laughs> yeah and apparently he did some like illegal experimentation so 
Um, he used to be like really well regarded, but now he's like just teaching. He and fell off the deep end doing the crazy yeah. stuff that Victor's interested so, in. So yeah, um, basically Victor meets Waldman and he's like, "Yo, I'm into your shit." They vibe. Um, and Waldman's like, "Okay, I'll teach you." And also, there's like a montage of him like arguing with the other professor, um, and then arguing with Waldman. Yeah. Uh, or talking to Waldman and whatever and Waldman uh finally is like okay come here and like he takes Henry and Victor into his secret back lab where he has a poster of that's about acupuncture and he t- tells them about acupuncture and how like the electric nodes in your body work and how he thinks that's like the key is like manipulating electricity and he has he like rips um he pulls like something off of that's covering up a hand with it's little like a, an ape a monkey hand or yeah something. with electrodes in it and like he he uses the switches and he gets it like moving and like around and stuff yep. and so um he's proving his theories and so victor's immediately like oh my god like this guy is like the greatest mind in the world and he yeah. becomes like obsessed with him henry's oh, a little creeped all out coming together now <laughs> henry gets his hand crushed by the other hand yeah. and so he's n- not into it but victor's like hell yeah we're going to do this so in the next scene <laughs> um well i mean they do like, i guess there's a montage of them doing research but then there's a scene where they're giving out free vaccines to the public because (laughs) (laughs) it's you know there's smallpox and they're giving out smallpox vaccine and of course documentary from 2021 (laughs) that was filmed at my local cvs (laughs) an anti-vax guy from new york walks in (laughs) you know your typical working class anti-vax new york guy um walks in and is like whoa you're you're putting the virus in me that's illegal you can't do that and he's like no it's the virus it's it's a vaccine dude like it's gonna save you from smallpox and dude's like i heard smallpox i'm getting my lawyer and then he stabs him (laughs) yeah and then stabs waldman waldman is very like obnoxious to him he's aggressive yeah yeah your typical like smart like asshole guy so movie he dies for it um yeah uh so victor like desperately tries to save his life and and i think henry helps and they don't they're not able to save him he dies and so the guy who stabs him gets hanged yep um and like close watching eyes will recognize the the guy is robert de niro yep um so you immediately like oh that guy's about to get turned into the thing yeah so um after he the all the death happens victor starts collecting up all of the guy's work and is like we're gonna do it like he had a few things that he hadn't worked out but i know how to fix it we're gonna bring him back to life basically or like do his work to honor him right victor frankenstein said i can fix him (laughs) yeah and he straight up he did like henry was right to stop him because like he is stealing that guy's work like he's just like yep this is mine now yeah um and also like what he's trying to do is not right he gets a bunch of he gets the dead guy's body a bunch of random body parts there's like a, a montage of him getting body parts yeah because he's noticing like what fluid. the body needs replaced and stuff yeah. that amniotic fluid fucked me up he pays 
like nurses or something to bring him these buckets of amniotic, <laughs> amniotic fluid. fluid yeah. Nasty. Because that that's like off. some key. Yeah. Oh, he also, in doing all this stuff, practices his test on a frog. Mm-hmm. And he brings a frog back to life. But, oh, when he walks out of the room, the frog's so strong, it kicks open its Petri dish. Yeah, it kicks the glass and breaks it. I love um, that really little frog And then the thing with the hand aren't foreshadowing. Yeah. <laughs> So he collects everything he needs. And also, he- his science stuff, like the whole montage is him like doing research and he- he's like narrating it as well. And also getting this stuff and all this science stuff is really cool. Like I thought that was like a really well done aspect of this. Yeah. I also um, think that like a- the equipment he uses isn't so like, um, like there are parts of it that are like, oh, that looks really sciencey, but it's not so like shiny laboratory um a lot of it looks like handmade like crappy supplies thrown together including that giant sack thing i just do not understand the design on that (laughs) right um we forgot to mention the knife that he uses to cut the the hanged man down is it just looks like a prop dagger like very fake looking it was very weird and then he ultimately um, gets the brain out of out of Waldman, out of Waldman, and he's going to use the the greatest mind ever. Yeah. Um. So there's a cholera epidemic. Um. He's doing his ex- experiments. Henry's like, "Yo, there's a cholera epidemic. We need to, we need we to help." Skedaddle. Also, uh, your sister, I think, is here, and Elizabeth's there, and he's like, "Fuck, I was just." He, I think he does the whole thing. Like, he brings. Was that before? No. Um. Yeah. He's he's right about to do the experiment yeah, like and bring the guy back, but that's when Elizabeth shows up and so he she's covers like, it all up and blocks her out. She walks in and she's like, "Bitch, you live like this." <laughs> 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 yeah, because this whole house is dirty. Like he's so, been like, obsessed with his work. Weird science shit, just like thrown and pinned everywhere. Like it looks like the home of a madman. Right. Oh, he's got some weirdo science shit in there. Yeah. <laughs> She's judging hard. Um, we we skipped a scene where like she it's her and her her and Justine and they're talking about how he stopped sending letters to her and she's like worried. Um she thinks he's cheating on her. Um and, but she can't go up there because of this, blah, this and blah, that. Yeah. Some and then bullshit. Justine's like, Well, if he was my man, I would <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh? Is that so Justine? She's like so forward about it. Yeah. And so Elizabeth's like, shit, man, I gotta go. <laughs> um but yeah so like they have a conversation like he's like well i i'm i'm so close got a good experiment going and she's like can i help and he's like no No. (laughs) um but you can just chill here for for now well no i think he does i think he tells her because she goes like dramatically running through the streets because he like tells her like um she's like you need to you know like what could be more important and he's like i'm sorry this works too important like i'm too close and so she like dramatically goes running in the streets and clerval runs after her but i don't know how she ends up coming back i don't remember i don't remember that 
Um, but anyway. But he gets back to experimenting. Yeah, he gets, he takes off his shirt and gets back to experimenting. And he runs into his lab with a, with a robe and his abs glistening. God. Um, and he goes and he's like plugging things into other things and like, is, like pulling levers dashing around hitting like every running. single button in the room but none of it, I, it it's not in sequential order you gotta like run all the way around to get to the next step yeah if i can describe this scene and how it relates to this movie as a whole it's frantic yeah <laughs> like he he's just going he lifts the body on like chains yeah oh my god he yeah he might be my favorite creation scene he puts the body in that little tray like metal thing and lifts it up with chains and it goes like it's like zip lining through (laughs) (laughs) just smacking into shit (laughs) have you ever seen that video that goes around or those videos where people do the trend where they go through that um they're kind of on a zip line. Oh, that's and they like, like moving you around. And pretend they're like, a corpse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was giving me a lot of that. Yeah, like yeah. you're just smacking around. Mm. It's so funny. It's hilarious. Yo, bro's getting coffin flopped. At this point, <laughs> as this is all going on, like you got, you're thinking like, no way that this could get any funnier. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is already a bizarre scene. Like. So many choices have been made. No way it could get wilder than this. For sure. <laughs> I can't make right. it any worse. Right. But. <laughs> um, so he does the whole experiment. He puts, he plugs in all the acupuncture needles, the giant acupuncture needles, and he feeds in the amniotic fluid tubes. Um, and then. Electric eels. Turns on the electricity and it's going and there's the big sack and then out of the center, there's like a chute that shoots in, that drops in electric eels that swim into the body and, and electrocute they're like electrocuted. And so, this whole time, he's above the like coffin thing, just like peering in. And he's and- like, yeah. What's he saying? Live, live, <laughs> live, live. Um, and then ultimately the body, like the eyes start moving and, and he yeah. sees it and he's like, yes. he says it's alive. He says that. Well, no, that's later. He says, yes. And then he opens <laughs> something. And he like looks in the camera too, doesn't it? Like it's like a little celebratory, like, um, yes. Yeah. He opens the thing, but then it's not moving anymore. And he's disappointed. Um, and he's disappointed and he walks away and then like, it like gets up. And he's like, yes. And this is when he yells, it's alive. It's alive. And then the, um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I want to make one thing very clear before we get to the next scene. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we talked about it, but I don't know. If, I, don't, I don't remember how clear we made it. Kenneth Branagh plays Victor Frankenstein, who's the lead actor of this movie. He's yeah. also the movie's director. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. So Just some food for thought. It- like, he's. He's doing it all. He, he he used this as a vehicle for himself. He just wanted to do these things. He made some choices as an a- actor and then approved those choices <laughs> as the director. <laughs> and he, one being that it was vital he is shirtless and buff. Yep. <laughs> and the other is what's about to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> he opens the tank, like drops it, like the, all the amniotic fluid drops out, and the body like slides out of the tank. And then he's like, okay, let's pick up the body and take it over here. What happens is what's followed is one solid minute, probably. (laughs) 
edited so it's not like just the full sequence this is implying the way they edit it that it goes on for much longer than what we have seen and it's robert de niro's naked body (laughs) paired with kenneth branagh wearing only pants (laughs) looking like a romance novel desperately trying to pick him up but they're in all of this amniotic fluid so it's so slippery and they're covered in it that they can't balance at all and so you're just watching a minute of flopping earth they're slipping and slopping over each other and the only sound you hear is the sound them smacking into each other. <laughs> <laughs> of all the times, this movie has the most interesting soundtrack of all time. Why is there no music at this point? They said we yeah. didn't need none of that. This is a visceral experience. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about it, if there's like one thing, like this is in the top ten, like funniest goddamn top five, like. Funniest goddamn things I've ever seen. In my life. Yeah. <laughs> the thing of it is, like, they could have done it for another full minute. <laughs> and I would have been fine. <laughs> it wouldn't have felt out of place. Yeah. So, like, I just want to use this as an example to point out that, like, most of this film is, like, very serious and, yeah. like, um, very good. And it's just there's so many just bizarre editing choices <laughs> that are made. And this is the number one example. And like, why did they film so much content for it? But it's uh, not just that there were so many takes, it's like kept it was like I was watching like a wipeout <laughs> And I found out I read the trivia, it's apparently like warm gelatin. Like yeah. that's oh. why it's so slippery. <laughs> But this there is was literally part of that trivia bit. I, so um, I read that they slipped so much that it ripped Robert De Niro's like makeup. I'm wondering. I'm wondering how much of this is just them genuinely slipping, and they're like, "That's a moment. Let's let's cut that. That's a moment." Because <laughs> oh oh, you think maybe one, maybe two slips as a gap. <laughs> But no, it's just it's so hard to move on from this. Feels, yet the film does. It feels like it's a parody movie. <laughs> like that's how long this goes. Like if you were making a parody of this movie, you could just cut out this scene and put it in that parody movie, and it would work. It's oh it's ridiculous. God. There's so many angles too, <laughs> and it's the editing. I, I really think we're underselling how jarring it is because not only is it just a shocking like thing to include, but the way it's cut together, it is just like it implies that it went on for so long. The, the hacking together of the scene is an allegory for Victor Frankenstein putting together that monster. It is a visual allegory, I think. <laughs> Uh, I don't even remember. I mean, we were flabbergasted. Like the movie moved on, but we did not. Yeah. We all sat there. We were like, "What the hell just happened?" This right. movie has like the most batshit pacing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so it moves on. Uh, I don't yeah, remember so where he he gets he gets um the body over to like some chains and puts 
drapes him onto the chains and then like accidentally like makes something lift something and like it falls over and the body gets hit in the head and he's like oh no i like ruined it um but uh oh yeah he like leaves him dangling up there butt ass naked and he's just like what have i done and then he goes to sleep and he wakes up in the middle of the night and like he hears a sound and he opens his like closed bed curtains i guess um (laughs) and there's nothing there he like makes like a ah noise trying to scare (laughs) in case the creature's there he's trying to scare (laughs) yeah but there's nothing there um and then he looks over and the the monster's there staring at him alive um and then also it's like there's like a speech by the professor um the mean professor talking about how like it's it's stitched evil yeah and evil will destroy him or whatever and he says god help your loved ones and this is like with the guy like overlaid Overlaid, on the the scene um, saying this making the speech while like um victor is fighting the monster um but yeah so uh the monster like i guess like like escapes yeah it escapes with his coat and yeah he he like goes out in like into the streets right um and uh i guess victor gets knocked out yeah that seems right because then he wakes up to clarival and um and elizabeth being there taking care of him yeah um and the monster we see the monster he goes out in the streets he's just living on the streets he goes sees a woman selling bread and he goes and sniffs the bread and she's like yo no sniffing and they all chase him out of town <laughs> what's all this then and then he oh, like they think he has cholera yeah oh he, yeah because he's figured his hood comes off and then like they see his scarred up face and she's like ah oh, he's the one that's got cholera <laughs> um, and they chase him out of town yeah and he like uh jumps onto a cart of dead people and then like when uh rolls off and like it escapes into the woods where he goes and meets a nice family and hides in their uh barn barn with their pigs with their pigs and so the the barn's like set up to where he can peer through holes and like see in the house and see the family and he can hear them quite well Mm. so we essentially get this like montage bit where i don't know if it's quite it's not montage but it's, it's also just like intercut a, with yeah, the victor's yeah. stuff but on the on the monster side he's basically like watching this family and he's like learning to care about them and he's like hearing their speech and kind of memorizing it and he notices that they're having a hard time like harvesting food for the winter and so like he even goes as far as to like help them harvest their food like yeah. so on his side we're seeing him like learn and care about this family and he's also learning to talk like from listening to them and re- learning to read from watching yeah. the mom teach Teaching the kid the, yeah. read and he also has victor's diary or his journal um and he also uses that to learn to Practice read reading yeah so then on and Victor's side. Oh, wait, yeah. did you have something else? No, I was going to go. I don't remember what happens. I was just so wondering. Victor just like heals. He gets healthy. And like um, Henry tells him that like the there's a cholera epidemic. So everyone's going to die. And Victor's like, oh, thank God. And then he's like, excuse me. <laughs> and Victor's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> um, he says like all the people who like are like 
in the street like homeless yeah yeah it's just i don't know that sucks right yeah and victor is clearly thinking like ah so that means the monster is gonna get color Mm -hmm. and die but uh, he should be so lucky victor frankenstein is a sociopath (laughs) yep um well he is a rich guy so um yeah and elizabeth is there and they're about to leave and also victor proposes to elizabeth um officially gives her like a locket with his picture in it yeah and um then they ask they invite yeah to go back with them because there's going to be an opening at his practice and they're like joke around and they're like we were wondering if you had any good recommendations (laughs) and then clerval like starts crying because he's so honored and so they all decide to go back together yep (laughs) and he's like you should put that in your journal and victor's like oh no (gasps) My my journal um but yeah so they go back to geneva so we get back more onto the monster story the monster mm-hmm. who has frankenstein's journal <gasps> yep. none other than and he's reading the whole thing learning about his history and reading like his, how he's come to be basically i'm gonna read the whole thing i wish there was one of those but for me <laughs> <laughs> um the the family that he's living with uh they they're like really poor there's a blind grandpa and then there's two kids um and he has been helping them he like picked all their food for them and they think he's the good spirit of the woods or something let's go as far as to like at christmas time like honoring him yeah they're very thankful for the help they've they give him a flower and some cookies they leave him outside and write on a board to the good spirit of the woods and he reads it because he can read now. And he gets a flower and a cookie. Um, and then at one point, the the grandpa is just like practicing his um, recorder yeah. in the woods. Um, and uh, the monster comes and watches him. And he's like, oh, who is that? And But he doesn't respond yet. But like the the grandfather is very aware that there's another guy that's been like lurking right. around taking care of them. Even from the start, like the um, first him, scene, yeah. the va- uh, the grandpa like looks up as if he sensed something. Um, but the landlord comes <laughs> one day while the parents are out in the woods, and there's like <laughs> one kid is there, the girl, little girl is there. Um, and the landlord comes and like he chokes just, like, the girl, throws her down. <laughs> He's like, he's like, where's your father? And she's like, who are you? And she's like, he, he, he like basically chokes her and he's like, you're, you're like, dad hasn't paid me rent. Um, where is he? Go get him. And the grandpa comes out and he's like, no, go away. Um, and then the guy starts beating up the grandpa. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, oh, what a coward sending out a blind man to, or whatever, something like that. And then knocks over the guy. And then the monster comes out and beats up this guy. He literally like, kills him. He he throws him into the roof. Or he like punches him into the roof. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's so loud that the parents who are out in the woods hear. There's a scream. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the parents hear and they come running back. And, and the girl is running to get them. Yeah. And so the grandpa and the monster go in and the grandpa's like, thank you for everything. Like you've done so much for us. Like that guy, like, thank you for like saving me from that guy. And like they, Mm -hmm. the grandpa like is really bonding with him. Yeah. And he's like, 
um yeah everyone's afraid of me uh because of my face i'm too ugly they're beautiful yeah and uh the guy feels his face um and he's like oh i guess you're right (laughs) (laughs) you're ugly i guess (laughs) um but he's like you're fine we can you can stay here and then the parents show up like the parents have found the girl and the girl's like he heard grandpa he heard grandpa so they come up and immediately assume it's him that's yeah (laughs) the dad runs in and starts hitting him with a stick and he's (laughs) like get out get out and the grandpa like argues and he's like no like stop doing that but they ultimately chase the monster out and close him close the door in his face and so the monster like runs off into the woods and he's very upset and the dad is like we gotta get out of here and Um, so they literally pack everything and go within minutes but the monster uh he like finds the flower in his pocket and he remembers hey they actually loved me and he goes and runs back to show them the flower but they're all gone and he's like no frankenstein i will have my revenge and then he sets the he sets the house on fire, right? Yeah. And you get an actually like fun shot of him like standing in front of the house on fire. But then like he turns around and the camera like zooms up and that's when he yells Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <God>, it rules. <laughs> yep. It's really, really good. And then he walks all the way across the mountains to Geneva, which I looked it up. It's a four day walk. Oh, that's from not that bad. Ingleset. Because I was kind of cause he gets there essentially right when like everybody else gets there. And I was like, how did he get there so fast? He was walking, but I guess it's not that bad of a walk. Yeah. Through the Um, mountains, but yeah. So he's in the woods playing the flute. Uh, Victor and Elizabeth are getting married. I don't know. Well, it's important. So they, they show up and they make their announcements and everyone's super excited to have them. Like everyone's fawning over them and everything. But like almost immediately after they get there, they tell little William, they're like, we're getting married. And he takes the locket from Elizabeth. And he's like, can I have this right now? And they're like, yeah, sure. And he's like, I'm going to go show it to somebody. Mm -hmm. And he runs out with it um so like that this that scene where everyone's like fawning over them getting married establishes that he has the locket yeah um and uh the monsters in the woods just playing the recorder and the kid sees him and uh he turns around and he's like hey uh and the kid screams and runs away but he drops the locket and then uh uh the monster looks at him and he's like Frankenstein or he, he looks at the locket. Okay, yeah. So he knows he's near. And so then we got into the house and we're mostly, I think I, the only thing I remember from this is like Justine and her mom are like doing Elizabeth's like dress and mm-hmm. they're talking about stuff like that. Um, and there's like some shadiness happening, but I don't remember. Yeah. Towards Justine basically. Yeah. Um, and um, so then somebody runs in and they're like, William's missing. Yeah, William's missing. They all go out and look for William. Justine, like, runs off separately um, and runs to the lake or something. And she, like, goes into a barn and, like, because it's stormy and cold or something. She's, like, got hysteria, basically. She, like, yeah. passes out in some hay. Yeah. And <laughs> um, Victor comes back and they're like, ah, Willie's gone. But then out of the woods, Elizabeth comes and she's like, I found him. Yeah, she's crying. And she's crying and yeah, he's dead. So 
they know William's dead now and yeah. it's very upsetting. So now it's like, oh, who killed William? And then we see um, the monster. We see uh, um, Justine in the house in like a random house and uh, she's sleeping and the monster comes up and drops the locket on her and then leaves. Mm-hmm. Plants that evidence. So the next day, um, Justine's mom is talking to Victor and is like, oh, I'm so worried about her. She's gone. She hasn't come back. Um, we got to go look for her. And Victor's like, yeah, when um, we'll go looking when it's uh, light again or something. Um, but then somebody knocks on the door. I assume a sheriff type or something. Yeah, in the, town. the cops show up and they're like, hey, we found the murderer. She was in a house over there and here's your locket. That's yours, oh, no. right? So there's the proof. Which is like so funny that that to them that implies that she's a murderer. Yeah. You know, like they automatically are like, oh yeah, she has this locket. So that means she definitely has murdered this child. It could just be like a locket that's been gifted to her. You know what I mean? Right. It's and, a very strange thing. And the, the cop looks at him and it's like, Oh, you should come. The townspeople have gone mad. Cut to it's a full riot. Like yeah. <laughs> it's not what you expect when I don't know. I, it doesn't. It wasn't what I expected when he cut to that. But I'm like almost positive, I can't. I'm too lazy to look up the full detail. But I'm almost positive Justine gets like at least a little bit of a trial and is sentenced to death. I yeah. think, but I don't remember. But yeah, it's like they've just discovered that this woman has killed it how right. the news has traveled through town so fast i do not know but everyone is immediately like no trial this bitch is dying yeah and then like uh victor and um uh, elizabeth watch and like try to help her but the crowd's too rowdy and she just gets hanged immediately like thrown off they like throw her from the top of a like she comes swooping down yeah it's like that scene in midsummer kind of yeah like you can't look away but you do not want to watch yeah it's grisly and honestly i also another thing i just can't get a handle on with this movie is what's the tone right (laughs) what are we going for it shifts tone all over the place yeah that part right there is horrific as all hell yeah it's pretty bad (laughs) um i also feel like you know i know this in the book but the way the movie was just fully like slamming around you know i couldn't get like a relationship with any of the characters like william right or jessica like i just it's jessica justine justine i just like i was like all right i remember that from the book and then i moved on mentally because i was still stuck back with the amniotic fluid (laughs) (laughs) right it wasn't really like their whole like love triangle wasn't really that emphasized yeah it was just kind of brought up a few times but it was weird um but yeah so they go back home and the monster like taps frankenstein on his shoulder as he's about to go into his house and he's like meet me on the sea of ice and he points at the mountains and it's hilarious (laughs) and we love it when he does that yep there's so many moments in this movie where like just something normal will be happening like somebody's walking or something and then almost always lightning flashes and you cut to like the most like menacing like shot of the monster standing there watching like it happens so frequently yeah and this is one of those moments 
Um, so Victor climbs up the mountain and they meet on the mountain and, and the monster pushes him off into like this little ice <laughs> ice <laughs> hole, like a luge basically. It's like a slide. A little tunnel, yeah. It looks so fun. And he slides he slides down into a nice ice cave um where oh. the monster's living now it looks great i recommend phantom of the opera <laughs> it also it looks like like superman fortress of solitude kind of look it, it looks yeah. great it is really cool and he like has a fire in there um and so they talk and the monster the monster i never realized until watching this movie the monster is kind of an incel yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah i have i have so much love in me like so the monster is basically like bro like why'd you make me yeah. uh you gave me all this emotion i don't know how to deal with it i killed that kid because i was like so mad at you um he's he's like very lonely he like can't trust humanity because like no one will love him right so he's like you have no option like you owe me a girlfriend <laughs> right, right he's like um i have so much love in me that i really want to share but i also have so much rage and if i can't have one then you're gonna have the other <laughs> um so yeah he's like make me a girlfriend <laughs> and victor's like god damn it okay and so <laughs> he also i think is it this moment where he reveals that he wants it done out of justine's body he's well, like harvested her yeah body. he he just grabs her body from the grave and then brings it back and um victor's like whoa dude and he's like oh it's a callback because when he goes to ask victor about like who he was and who he used to be victor's like they were just raw materials like you don't need to concern yourself with that no it, that was something like when during the montage when he was building the body he uh, he like breaks into a graveyard and yeah. he looks back and he's like, just, uh, he says, uh, just materials, not people yeah. or something but like that. But there's another moment where he asks him about it and Victor tells him like, you're, right. You're but like, I think he wrote it in the diary cause he uh, repeats the yeah. exact same line that Victor says earlier. So then, um, um, when he's breaking in the graveyard, Victor's like, so like disgusted by the fact that he wants Justine and he hits him back with like a, it's just raw materials. Yeah um uh and he doesn't want to do it he's like no i'm not doing it meanwhile elizabeth's like okay i've had enough i'm leaving this this guy he's too involved with his work um and she's about to walk out and victor runs up to her and he's like no let's get married right now and they get oh married immediately right and immediately have their wedding night. Oh my god. <laughs> Again with shift in tone. It's it's haunting. Yeah. <laughs> they go into the bedroom and it like, is I don't think you can do this. Unlike any like there's not even hardly any nudity. Of no, course Victor takes his shirt off because yeah. Branagh really really wanted to for this movie. I heard the director put it in the actor's contract that he had to do yeah. that. <laughs> like, yeah. insisted that this man must be shown. But, like, Helena Bonham Carter stays dressed the whole time. Yeah. But, Jesus Christ, we get so many shots of him just, like, grabbing her. Yeah. It's so much. And, like, they're very passionately, like, kissing. 
and like moaning and rolling around. And it also this this parallels with the sloppy scene where like they go on for so much longer than yeah. is needed for this movie. Like you could have cut this scene down so much and it would still be effective, but like our boy Kenny, he really wanted to show the passion here. Mm-hmm. Like gee, it's like the second longest scene in the movie. Like it's so long. I right. do want to clarify also that this is the movie where Helena Bonham Carter and Kenneth Branagh fell in love while he was dating Emma Thompson. Yeah. Mm. So, oh. do you think this? Is, I don't know how much of this is acting. Yeah, it shows. Yeah. Uh, decisions were probably based on some experiences. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, but they get interrupted for some reason, and like Victor gets called out and he leaves, um, uh, and the monster is on their like glass well, ceiling so we know that when victor went to visit the monster in the the ice um henry and elizabeth knew that he was going to confront the man that killed william oh. so they know that the monster's like they don't know it's a monster but they know it's like the dude like that he yeah. that dude's around and so i think clerval says something like oh they've seen a guy on the grounds basically so he oh, knows okay, that they're talking yeah. about the monster which is why he's so quick to run out to go catch him yeah and so the monster drops on top of elizabeth <laughs> no you are downplaying what happens here <laughs> okay as he runs out elizabeth is like laying in bed still like coming down from what's happened and she like looks up and there's like a music cue and a lightning strike and the monster is like pressed overhead in like the mesh of the yeah. of the bed or something like he is draped over i thought it was like a glass no because like, he immediately of... reaches down and grabs her like, yeah he is, like, oh, within... did the monster break the glass ceiling good for him <laughs> um so he's been in there while yeah. that whole love making <laughs> scene was happening he's just been sprawled out watching it and it's i'm gonna very... recommend phantom of the paradise <laughs> it's very like shocking how quick like when it cuts to him yeah yeah and then so he reaches down and he like attacks elizabeth Mm -hmm. yeah and then he rips her heart out literally oh my gosh like reaches in victor like runs in and sees right as he does it and he says i keep my promises and then runs away yeah which in the book he he just chokes her clean clean death so victor I like this better this is like base it's dramatic it did the thing where like it shows the heart in the hand and the heart beats you gotta do yeah. that it's a requirement he also like throws her off he like <laughs> drops her off the side of the bed and she like <laughs> her head falls on top of like some candles she or something into the end table oh. and, and it crashes and cuts so her up gratuitous. and then her head catches on fire yeah yeah that's so. just a bit gratuitous like, <laughs> I, I gotta say you don't have to do all that Fucks right. right up <laughs> they put her out but um she's still dead because she doesn't have a heart so victor takes her to his lab cuts her head off switches her body with justine and also switches like hands and stuff yeah like where she was damaged to like salvage as much as he could but her yeah. head is like fucked up because it got all cut up and um burnt up and stuff right and then he does he does the whole experiment again but a much more somber tone this time yeah but he still crawls on top of the tank and looks in yep and And live live (laughs) and henry's on the stairs outside there's like a zoom in on him and he's like no but it works 
She comes. It back works. To life. She comes back to life, and he keeps asking her to say his name, yeah. trying she, to get her to remember him. Yeah, and she clearly does remember him. Like she's having trouble, like kind of figuring out what's going on in the world yeah. around her. But she like definitely knows who he is. At least she like remembers that she knows this guy. Yeah, she like sees him. She looks at him, and then like instinctively like puts her arms up to start dancing, yeah. and they start dancing. And it gets really silly. <laughs> like they, he like flings her around. Like yeah. he gets really into it and happy and it's very creepy <laughs> then, it is but i gotta say the effects are great oh yeah on her i think she the looks, effects are really good she looks scary yeah shit. and yeah. then again another cut to just the monster standing there <laughs> there's someone you forgot to ask <laughs> <laughs> and he's just standing in front of the tank and he's like good job thanks for the girlfriend um <laughs> so then they start doing that thing that people do to their puppies where they're like, come here, come over to yeah. my side, come over here, you know, you want to pick me? And she's like stuck in between them. She looks at... Um, pick me, boys, for real. <laughs> yeah, she looks at him and she's like intrigued by his scars and yeah. she goes up and feels his scars, but then she like sees the scars on her hands, the stitches. And she kind of figures out that she and, like probably looks like him. Yeah, she feels her face and um, it's all messed up. Uh, and it's all burnt up and she has a bunch of stitches on her face. Um, but she, does she say She doesn't really name? say anything. She starts to say like Vic, but she, she Victor. never really fully says Victor. Yeah. And he's like, oh, she said my name. That mean, that means she's my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and Arish, like really isn't downplaying like the middle school like, <laughs> level. Right. Um, and they literally like grab her and like start dragging her across to each side and then she's like no uh!" and then she like goes over over to a lamp and like is like she's like groaning at them because she still hasn't like fully figured out how to speak and she grabs the lamp and then drops it on her and sets herself smashes it above her like (laughs) it's one of those like kerosene like oil things and mm-hmm. she just smashes it above her and just sets herself completely on fire. Yeah, and then she runs out and drops off the ledge onto the ground floor um, and sets the whole house on fire. But somehow Frankenstein and the monster get out of there. They escape. Yep. And then he finishes telling his story about how he tracked the monster all the way to the north, all the way to the Arctic. And that's how he ended up on this boat. Yeah, so the big difference between so um the big difference between what happens um there and like in the book is that so he only strangles Elizabeth, but what happens is um Justine dies or Justine gets framed for the murder and um she gets convicted and she dies. And then um, after that is when the creature asks for a wife. And then Victor ultimately decides that he's not going to do it because he believes the creature's evil. So whatever he makes is also going to be evil. And so um, at that point, he um, he tells Victor, I'll be with you on your wedding night. So Victor interprets that as like a threat on his life and he goes to like he goes to the sea to dispose of like everything he ever used to create the monster like he's like cutting off all ties and he ends up on like the Irish coast 
And so when he shows up in Ireland, he gets arrested because Clerval has been murdered and oh. um, by the creature, and he left the corpse to be found. Yeah. Um, so Victor gets framed for it, and mm-hmm. so he gets put in prison. But he's proven innocent, and he gets released, and he goes home, and like Elizabeth has like fixed up their house and like gotten everything ready. And so then, as they're about to get married, kind of the scene happens where they go to chase the monster, like go to find the monster, and the monster comes back and chokes Elizabeth and kills her. And mm-hmm. then from there, it goes straight to like they go chasing around, and we end yeah. up back on the boat. Right, and then this ends with uh, the ice starts to, or. Um, Victor dies. Yeah, and then the the captain goes out onto the boat, and he's like, "Well, so what's the status?" And the guys are like, "Yeah, the ice is it's getting warmer, so the ice is gonna melt, so we should be able to leave soon." And the captain's like, "Good," and then we're gonna leave, and they're like, "So where are we gonna go?" And he's like, "Back to the north," <laughs> and they all glare at him. <laughs> um. But then they hear a sound from the cabin and they go in and the monster's there sitting next to Frankenstein's corpse and he's crying and he's really sad and he's holding the journal. Yeah. And um, the captain's like, who are you? And the monster looks up and says, he didn't give me a name. And then the captain realizes who it is and he's like, why are you crying? <laughs> and... It's his. He's just like, it's my dad. He was my father. Oh. Yep. And he's sad. They have a funeral, um, for, for Victor. And then the ice starts to melt. Um. So they all go get back on the boat. But like the the little sheet of ice with Victor like on the wood, ready to get set on it fire, breaks off. It breaks off and starts to float away. Um. But uh, the captain invites um, the monster onto the boat to, like, join them and come with them. And the monster's like, no, I'm done with man. And he grabs the torch and swims, holding the torch up to make sure it doesn't get put out. And he swims up to um, the Frankenstein um, where the body is. And then he sets fire to the um, wood. And that's the end of it. They just float away. Yep. The end. The end. And presumably, presumably, the captain does not make his crew go to the North Pole. I sure hope not. He's got to have learned something. After all that, yeah. Um. So yeah. But yeah, I think other than like some strange directorial and editing choices, um, and like probably could have used a slightly better script. Like, yeah, the the story is good because it's the story. Other than like they really uh, amped up that climax, um, but like for the most part, it's like pretty solid in my opinion. It's yeah. I mean, I really like. I thought it was really entertaining in parts because of how weird yeah. and strange the choices were. But I think I thought a lot of it was just kind of dull. You know, like it's it's not as interesting to me as Bram Stoker's Stoker's Dracula was. Yeah. Because for that whole movie, I was like into it, but with this one, there were like certain scenes I was into, and then certain scenes I was like, okay, I don't care. I feel like certain parts it does dip hard into like a just feels like a period drama. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like not my kind Mm -hmm. of movie. So, um, those parts were definitely (laughs) dull for me. 
Yeah, I loved this. This was nuts. Yeah. I have no idea what I was expecting. It not this. I, Certainly not this. I've just heard so many times that this movie is like very strange and yeah. like people are always like I don't know how that movie got made. And starting this I was like, "Oh yeah, it's a little silly, but like oh my god, I understand everyone's concern as to why yeah. this came to be, but it's so fucking I will I will look for any excuse in the, <laughs> my future to be turning this film on. I will oh, yeah. every chance I get have it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, sure, yeah. Segments. Um, what would you do? Uh, I mean, we've talked about this. It's the same situation. The same. Like, I mean, yeah, they, there's been changes into the timeline and like who the characters are and what their motives are, but it's still the same story. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, we talked about it. Let's yeah. just get, um, acting award. Um, on this podcast, we like to give out an acting award. There are three different levels. There is the Jared Padalecki acting award for excellence in acting. We give it to an actor in a good movie, a good performance all around. You want to recognize someone, hats off to you. Good sir. Um, kind of performance. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Jensen Accolade for you tried your, oh I'm out of order there's the Nishioka Award for the movie's kind of like middle of the road you still want to recognize an actor that performed pretty well in a um, kind of a uh, mediocre movie and then there's the um, Jensen Accolade for you tried your best in a shitty movie um, the movie's really really bad but you still want to recognize an actor that like showed up and did a pretty good job with what they had or um, just showed up to get the check I can start. I'm giving this to Jared, and I'm giving it to Kenneth Branagh. He put in the work. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm also giving it to Jared. Um, this is a personal Jared for me. Yeah. Um, but I am also giving it to Branagh. Nice. <laughs> because... <laughs> directing aside everything he brought to victor frankenstein is just like like he wanted him to be the sexiest man alive like i read on one of the reviews that somebody said that he was using this movie as a bidding to get like people magazine sexiest man alive and like you can see he is bringing that to this character unnecessarily but for some reason it works it works like incredibly well it works for me and it's it's just great I know I'm not expecting as high praise from you, probably, Harish. Um, I'm going to give this a Jensen. Ah! But, okay, so I don't think this is a good movie, first Wrong. of all. But it's not a mediocre movie. It's better than mediocre, but I'm not going to call it good. <laughs> so I think I'm giving it a Jared. Um, bec- or not a Jared. I'm giving it a Jensen because it's it's a bad movie, but bad in a good way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, I get I get what you're saying. It's like, bad I get in an entertaining wanna, yeah, way. You don't want to call it mediocre, but it's definitely it's not. not mediocre. Because I yeah. So um, so yeah, <laughs> I'm giving it a Jensen, and I guess I'll give it to Kenneth Branagh as well. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Like I mean, Robert De Niro's great. Yeah. Um, Kenneth Branagh, do, dare I say, the performance of a lifetime. <laughs> yes. 
He's he's giving it everything. Everything he's got went into this this movie. Oh and you know God. what? It did it's not like it ruined his career. He has gone on to have like incredible acting oh, roles yeah. and like he's directed a lot of shit. Yeah. Just yeah. in those last two months he's had two movies come out. Right. Um Well one of them was supposed to come out like a year and a half ago, but it got okay. delayed. Uh, villain ranking? Are we doing Frankenstein or the monster? I think for this one, the monster feels right because yeah. the monster definitely has mm-hmm. malicious intent and like understanding, and also like he's the monster of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I can start. You can, you can go ahead, yeah. I got him at a cool number two. Um, he's just right below Frankenstein from the nineteen thirty one Frankenstein. Um, I love the. I love how they did. I love I love this version of Frankenstein. I like that they did the reading plot. Um, I think Robert's like you're gonna put Robert De Niro in a movie, and I'm gonna be like, eh, I don't think so. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just in the fact that it's Robert De Niro as Frankenstein, that's just hilarious to me. That's a really good bit. So I'm gonna put him at number two. Nice. What did you have for him? Um, I he's number three on mine, underneath the cults from House of the Devil, then Victor Frankenstein from Curse of Frankenstein, and then the monster from this. Um, yeah, I really like this. I like it. Um, I like that the monster can talk, and I like that we get to understand the monster. Um, uh, and Robert De Niro is great. Um, so I really like it. Yeah, I've got him at number three as well. Underneath uh, Frankenstein's monster from thirty, the nineteen thirty one is my number one, and then I've got the Strangers at number two. To me, they're going to be hard to beat just because they scare the shit out of me. But same reasons, like I like that this is a more. I mean, you're going to hear me keep saying this because I'm such a big fan of the book, but I like how mostly book accurate a lot of this is, and the monster is very book accurate down to like how he learns and stuff. Like I liked getting to see that story for once and like watching him grow and understand him. And I think Robert De Niro actually does a pretty good job. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like having like a more deep monster, but like you just can't beat Boris Karloff. Like I like, he's just a classic. Um, I have two more things to say about this movie. One, um, this movie came out nine days before I was born. It was meant to oh my gosh! Nice. <laughs> yeah, I always love when I find movies that do that. Uh, so this was out while you were there was a birthing. movie. There was a movie um, that came out like I think it was New Nightmare came out like two days before I was born or something. Really? Yeah. Um, That's cool. Which is fun. That would make sense if but, this was nine days. Then yeah. two days. Anyway, the second thing is, um, the monster does not look that ugly <laughs> like no he could have lived as a person yeah. like uh people are scarred that's fine he could have lived especially in that time period where yeah. everyone's just fucked up somehow yeah yeah you're right like they i mean i guess he's more of like uh if you sewed a body together probably what you'd yeah. see but um yeah, he's not like there were several moments where I was like, he's kind of reminding me of Christmas Cena right now. <laughs> but I think it's because yeah. his lip was like sewn up a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, you make a good point. Yeah, that's all. Um, anything else before recommendations? Oh, shit. No, this movie rules. Oh, wait. Like, actually, we didn't ra- rate it. Oh, we got to rate it. <laughs> we got to rate it. Out of. Uh... Oh, scars. Uh, electric eels. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. That's pretty specific to this one. (laughs) Or, like, amniotic fluid. How many cuts in the slipping (laughs) sliding scene? How many slips? How many slips? Oh my god! I'm I'm fine for Neils as a eels, not Neils. I like eels. Eels as a noun. Sure. We did okay. we did gloss over the whole eels of it all pretty quickly, <laughs> but there's eels in this movie. Yeah, but don't worry, guys. The science on this checks out. Oh, it it totally works. It's fine. I can go first. <laughs> go ahead. It's um, gonna be the lowest. So uh, yeah, I I'm gonna give this a seven. Oh, it's higher um, than I thought it would be. Well, yeah, because I thought I was entertained by it. Like it's it's entertaining. There's it's definitely worth watching for the ridiculous parts. Oh yeah. Um, I think overall it's like just kind of dull for me. But I I would highly recommend watching this at least once just to experience it. Um, but yeah, so seven, just passing grade. Oh, I can start. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 10. Yes! I, <laughs> I cannot remember the last time I had so much fun watching a movie. Um, I was like in tears laughing. Yeah. And it was just at no point did I... And I've read the book. At no point did I know where this movie was going to go. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's just... It, it like is the exact kind of crazy shit that I'm obsessed with. I cannot wait to watch this again. I'm gonna make everybody I know watch this movie. <laughs> it's always I, I I actually think like in the you can argue that parts of it are bad. I think you're wrong. I think Kenneth Branagh is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with this movie. Um I'm I'm gonna give it a nine. I just nice. I can't bring myself to call it a ten movie, even though I have called much worse films <laughs> ten stars. There's just something about this that I just I gotta clock it at a cool nine. But it is just so bizarre that you have to almost be like, it's <laughs> genius. Like it nobody else thinks like this. <laughs> and at some point you gotta recognize that kind of talent. <laughs> Like, he knew what we needed to see even when we didn't. And he knew where to really pause. Um, Oh, my God. But it's hands down one of the most entertaining films I've ever seen. If anyone bad mouths it to me, I will tell them to (laughs) shut the fuck up. And that they clearly did not understand Brennan's artistic intention. (laughs) No, if you don't get it, go back to film school. Props also for being the most accurate I've seen like it really does go off the rails at the end um but like it's the most true to the story and I like that I like seeing that but god it is the wildest ride I've had like I've I've never laughed this hard in the last like year I don't think and I didn't think that this movie would have me saying that like my cheeks still hurt but yeah, recommendations. Uh, recommendations. Um, all my recs are kind of weird and not related to the movie. Really, they're just things I thought of while we were watching it. Um, I want to recommend Les Mis from twenty twelve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The um, who's that guy? Uh, I don't know what. Who's the name? guy who plays Javert in that movie? Oh, um, fucking oh. Uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah. Specifically for his performance. I'd like to recommend The Mummy. Um, 
The Brandon Fraser one. Yeah. I, I'd like to recommend Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs because his machine in the laboratory kind of looks like the machine in Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Yeah. I want to recommend Phantom of the Opera, the 2005 one, I think. Again, I, I, I really wish this movie could have been a musical. That would have gone. Yeah. I'd also like to recommend Beastly from 2011. Oh my god! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes! But more specifically, I'd like to recommend Jenny Nicholson's video about the movie Beastly from 2011. That's on YouTube. Um, if you saw this movie, um, you probably forgot it. And if you haven't seen this movie, check again because you might have. Um, <laughs> I've never seen movie. the movie. I read the book. <laughs> I was obsessed with the movie for like a, a good couple month period. And I remember this because I have one of the soundtrack. Like I have the soundtrack on my phone. Nice. Like purchased from iTunes. Oh, classic! That's memories right there. As, yep. Um. So yeah, there we go. I'd also like to recommend a couple episodes of It's Always Sunny. Um, the gang gets quarantined, and then also the Christmas episode of It's Always Sunny. There are two scenes where Danny DeVito is like slipping around in some um. Uh, hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a scene where he like comes busting out of a couch in the nude, and I just <laughs> think like that really sums up the best part of this movie. Yep. Um, I was just gonna say Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, similar vibes, but I like that one a lot more. Um, I also am gonna recommend Bloodborne again because the time period feels very similar. Um, to the time period that Bloodborne is set in. And also Bloodborne is about um, a cult's weird science research that brings about uh, monstrosities. So it's very similar in, in themes. Nice. Um, I would like to recommend all the Frankenstein shit that I've recommended. The Junji Ito again. Yeah. Um, uh, also the all the Frankenstein ones that we've watched and the book uh, because we keep saying like this is yeah. book accurate and really really fun um I would say other of Branagh's work because like I all I think he's crazy like I don't understand his artistic eye which is crazy to say because we just recently saw Death on the Nile and I know it's getting some mild reviews but like we both really enjoyed it I think yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit actually yeah. um and a lot of people say that there were weird choices made on that one too, but like any Branagh film, I can easily point out just like five just classic why why did he do that Branagh-ness to nice. each film he's ever done. Like I do not trust that man as a director. That's big. Um, so I don't want to recommend it, but like his other works are going to give you the same like feeling I feel like that this movie did. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, I don't really have much more... Um, like y'all covered most of what i would do um before we hop off the call can we please queue up the, yeah, the scene oh, again <laughs> I, I can't go to sleep until i see that again but yeah let's wrap this up so we can uh, watch okay. it again so this is a two-hour movie by the way i'm i'm a little done i didn't feel that two hours y'all might have but that was a quick flash of time for me oh my god um you can follow me at not a card card and everything you can get me at save our shaggy that's a scooby-doo reference on everything and you can get me at chainsaw molly on twitter and midsummer queen on letterbox 
And you can follow the show at Tipsy Terror on Twitter, tipsyterrorpod at gmail.com. If you want to email us, tipsyterror.com, tipsyterror.rip, tipsyterror.wtf, tipsyterror.pub. Stop you. And those are our sites. Bye. Bye. Bye.